Hello everyone, this is Jennifer Bryant and welcome to the Practical Family Podcast where we are building strong foundations and healthy homes. Hello, hello friends. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me for episode 23 of the Practical Family Podcast. Today, because it's the middle of the Christmas season, we're going to be talking about the gifts, but not physical gifts. I'm talking about the gifts that are inborn in each and every one of us. What makes us special? What makes us tick? What sets us apart from other people? The things that God has given us innately in our personality and what will then be developed by living among our family members are the things that we are going to use to thrive. Now, as parents, you hear about nurture the the special talents in your children so that when they get older, they will blossom and bless other people. Yes, but when they're toddlers, it's hard to see what their special talent is. And then when they're a little bit older, they get a little bit more sassy, a little bit more attitude. And you're like, who is this kid supposed to be? And how am I? How in the world am I supposed to mold this? And I know there are some of you who have not quite maybe come into your own skin about the things that you're good at. Maybe you're you're parents already or you're grown adults and you're just not sure where your passions are leading you. About a few months ago, a friend of mine and I here on island started a group to gather women to encourage them in what they may be called to do in life. We call it Mompreneur, and every other month or so, we try to feature a woman who is either working outside of her home or inside of her home or in ministry, in nonprofit organizations, whatever she's doing that is helping to highlight her passion, her compassion for people, and how the Lord led her there, either based on her background or her experience or just divine appointments. And she gets to share that story in a testimony type of setting, but then we also get together and ask each other questions. You know, we we discuss, you know, what, if money and time weren't an issue, what would you do right now? What would you drop everything for and do that you're passionate about? And so getting to know each other's hearts and um, individual drives for things, what the Lord has put on some of our hearts, I feel like as parents, especially as busy mothers, we don't get asked that question a lot. Well, what is it that you would do if you if you could, you know, if there was room to do that? And we tend to forget that our identity is first in Christ. And yes, we are responsible to take care of our families, our, uh, to be a wife to our husband, a mother to our children, to put them first. But that doesn't mean completely putting ourselves to the side. I really, truly believe that, folks, that as individuals created by God, that that he's got a mission for us. And even if it just looks like it's staying in our home, it doesn't necessarily have to be that. I mean, the hugest step that I had to take even in, in putting myself out there in the online world wasn't so people could look at me, look at me, and look what I'm doing, look what I have to say. It's because there was a purpose and a mission on my heart to bring families together because I come home and I'm like, hey, I know there's a better way to do all of this. Let's start talking about it. Let's start finding practical solutions for parents to to live and to thrive and to bless their kids. But it's always going to be based on 
who you are as a person, who and what God has put in you and breathed into your life to then give to your family and others around you. You are such an important piece of your community, of your family, and you're unique. You're special. You're different. So what is it? What is it that God's put on your heart that's going to set you apart today? And start thinking about that. Start thinking about what it is that you love to do, whether it's writing or crafting or music or teaching or encouraging, just sitting there with people. What, what is it that, that people come to you for? What is it that people um, are attracted to about you? And if you don't feel confident in those things yet, get together with people. Let's get together and talk about that. Ask your closest friends, you know, what is it that you see in me that you think that I could, you know, contribute to, to this part of my community? I've also been working with a friend of mine named Gina Whitehouse who created youaremorethanmom.com. That's youaremorethanmom.com. And this is a place where she encourages professional, motivated, career-driven women to come together and find a way to use their talents and passions, especially if they have uh, college degrees or they've had to leave the workforce and now feel like, well, what is my purpose at home? Gina offers real practical solutions and help for women setting up a new thing or making sense of their life now or just encouraging them that they are not useless because they don't have a regular nine to five job. I mean, nothing could be further from the truth. So there are incredible resources out there and I'll link to that in the show notes as well. So so something to think about today, but today we are going to talk about just that thing, the identity, the identity that often begins in our hearts as um, young people. I know young women, young girls go through lots of things that they're, they're crying out for mentors right now. And if you read um, an article that I did this year about being who you needed when you were younger, and it's all about the importance of finding those mentors in your life and being the mentor to a younger person in your life. Our guest today is going to speak to just those topics and share with us her journey of being a naturally born storyteller. Even in first grade, there, were, there was evidence that this woman was supposed to write books, to tell stories, and to share the evidence of, of how Jesus changes a life through that. So listen in on my conversation today with Robin Jones Gunn and how her gift for storytelling has changed lives all over the world. We have Robin Jones Gunn with us, and if her name sounds familiar to you, it probably is because she has been writing, if you're familiar at all with the Christy Miller series and Sister Chicks books, this is the author of those books. Robin currently lives on the island of Maui, close to me actually, so we get to be in the same time zone today. So welcome Robin to the Practical Family Podcast. Thank you so much, Jen. I was really looking forward to this. Oh, good. Well, we connected last year, actually, uh, because you were coming to Oahu for uh, some book signings as you released 
your new novel, Finding Father Christmas, just in time for last year's Christmas season. And that was an exciting thing because your book actually got made into a Hallmark movie. <laughs> yes. I can't yes, even believe it. it. Tell us about that. What was that experience like? Completely unexpected because I had written the book almost, well, now 12 or 13 years ago, uh, mm. the first of the three. So Finding Father Christmas came out first and it was a nice little Christmas novella. And then the publisher asked if I'd write a second one. And I wrote Engaging Father Christmas, which was more of a love story to take the characters the next step. And it was a nice little Christmas book. And, and that was it. And about six years after those books came out, my agent was contacted by a film producer and wanted to know if my agent had any authors with Christmas books. And she said, yes, here's Finding Father Christmas. The producer read it and said, well, we just can't do anything with it for Hallmark because it's not enough of a love story. So my agent said, oh, well, then you need to read the second one, Engaging Father Christmas. And it took about two more years or three years before they came back and said, we've read both books and we've put together a story drawing a little bit from both books and we've gotten the okay from Hallmark and we're, we're going to make it into a Christmas movie. So, I mean, this whole journey, it's over a decade with, oh, it's going to happen. No, no phone calls back. Oh, there's a possibility. Nothing's happening. So just waiting and waiting. And when it all came together, it went very quickly so that they had a film date. And my agent and I were able to go on set for three days. And everything was filmed in Canada. So we went to Canada and watched them film for those couple days and got to have great conversations with the actors and with the crew and we just loved it. And they even let us be extras. So in the movie, my agent and I are in the very last row in the theater scene in the very back corner. Oh, my goodness. Just, just, I know, just a little peek of us. You have to know where to look to find us. But, I mean, how fun is that? So then when, the, when Finding Father Christmas aired last year, it broke a record for the Hallmark Movies and Mystery Channel as being the highest rated and most watched premiere movie in the history of the network. Oh, and that wow. meant that they were very interested in doing a second movie. So they pulled more out of the, out of the stories, out of the book, and uh, produced Engaging Father Christmas, the sequel. And that one just aired, uh, I guess, a week. Now it's been a week ago. And it broke the record. It even broke last year's record by 20% more views. They had over 4 million viewers. It's just, it's great. I mean, oh. it's everyone at Hallmark is very happy. And now we're talking about a third one. Can you believe it? Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. <laughs> Robin. <I know. laughs> that is absolutely incredible. And you're in the middle of just basking in this, what God's doing. And it took... 12 stinking years for it to happen. <laughs> what, yes. What yes. in the world? Oh gosh, you know this speaks to of course my heart as a as as an um uh, a writer or at least an enthusiast writer. Um <laughs> you know an attempting writer because you know our words mean something especially when God gives us you know the, those thoughts or those characters, those storylines to to just go with and you went with it you were obedient it published and then the waiting 
the waiting. It's just, and I remember talking to you last year about how, how difficult some of that waiting was because it's, it just kind of pulls at your heartstrings, right? Because you're so connected to your story and your characters and do you like us or not? Do you want me or not? You know, what does that look like? Oh, well, let, let me take us back because I think just how you began is so interesting. And I wanted to go here because the homeschooling mamas or just mothers in general, you're educating your kids and you're raising children who have different personalities, different um, strengths. And I love that um, you talk about even on your website, Robin, that your first grade teacher, tell us about what your first grade teacher said about you and how that got you on the path to, to authorship. Well, a number of, yeah, a number of years ago, my mom gave me a box of some of my early drawings and report cards, and I went through it and just was amazed when I found that on the back of my report card for first grade, the teacher had written, Robin has not yet grasped her basic math skills. However, she keeps the entire class entertained at rug time. <laughs> and then a little note about we need to work on her being more focused and not uh, giving into her imagination quite so much. And so I, I had not seen that or remembered it until a few years ago when I came across, you know, my mom gave me this box. And I remembered sitting there reading those words and thinking, this is how God works in our lives when we don't see it or understand it. He's already creating in us the uniqueness of the gifts and the abilities that he's built into our DNA. And it comes out in first grade that I'm taking over story time with my imagination. But by taking that interest and just surrendering it to the Lord, letting him sanctify it and, and sort of mold it and use it in a way that has a powerful effect is something that, especially with, as you're saying, with homeschool moms, it's understanding the heart of your child and things that you think, oh, this kid's driving me crazy. They're just talking all the time. And way down the road, you see that they are this very accomplished public speaker. Mm-hmm. Well, you saw it in the beginning. It drove you a little crazy when they were seven, but it was that gift that was sort of harbored inside them that needed to be drawn out in a way that was productive and to be directing it on the right path. Mm, amen. So what did that look like for you, Robin? You, you, you were talkative as a young girl. You, you like to engage and with that part of your brain. What did that look like for you as a young woman? Mostly I got in trouble for always telling stories and talking too much. (laughs) So it wasn't that there was anyone in my life when I was young who recognized that as something that could be honed into a craft, but rather it was uh, more of a squelching. Like you're different. You have more to say. You have too much imagination. Just, Just calm down, calm down. And so when the gift started to really blossom was after I was married. I didn't have a teacher who said, oh, you should be a writer. I didn't pursue writing in college. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think I had any craft 
or ability or gift or skill so that when I was in my mid-20s and married, it was my husband who knew me by heart, who kept saying, you really should write some of these things down. You always have interesting ways of looking at things and you should go to a writer's conference. You should try to tell stories. And he, I worked at a bank here. I can't even grasp my basic math skills. And for five years, I worked at a bank, which was ridiculous. I hated it, (laughs) but it paid the bills. And, you know, my husband was a youth pastor. And so I needed to have something steady. And um, he, he signed me up for a writer's workshop that was over a weekend. We lived in California at the time. And I remember being so embarrassed and so upset when he basically let me know, I've signed you up. You wouldn't go ahead and do it. I've signed you up and I'm going to, you're going to go to this workshop. And I just felt so inadequate. I don't have the education or the skills or the ability, but it was once I got to that workshop, met other writers, met editors and publishers, and there's was something that stirred in me that I want to, I want to try this. There's, I have stories to tell. Maybe this is something God could use in my life. And it started from there and just hasn't stopped over 35 years of writing. So wow. it keeps going. Gosh, Robin, that it took, that it took someone sort of shoving you in that direction for you to believe that that this is a gift. What a blessing in your husband. That's incredible. I know. He's pretty yeah. great. <laughs> oh, you think, I think you'll keep him. <laughs> uh-huh. oh. So the, the, it's interesting, though, to, that the direction that your stories have taken have been focused a lot on the lives of young girls. Well, the first books I wrote were for children, and I wrote a lot of articles. And then okay. I started with the Christy Miller series for teens because all the girls in our youth group were saying, why do you just write children's books? You should write books for us. Mm. And it was it came out of a camping trip we were on in Southern California, San Clemente State Beach, and these 13-year-old girls were reading all these books they brought from the library. And um, when I crawled in the tent and started reading with them, I, I was just really heartbroken because the material in these romance novels were was evocative and way advanced mm. than what I thought a 13-year-old should even be exposed to, and I couldn't believe their moms let them read these books, and I was just so flustered, and these girls all said, well, then, why don't you write books for us that we'll tell you what to write? We know what we like, and that's that's how Christy Miller series started with these girls in the youth group reading everything I was writing and tearing it to shreds. Oh, we'd never talk like that. We would never wear something like that. Say it this way. Name this character this instead of this. Oh, and they wow. they really helped to make it what they wanted to read. And when the first book came out, it was after two years of writing and t- uh, 10 rejection letters from publishers. So when it was finally published, I thought, there, I've written one book, 14's Summer Promise, Christy Miller, it's done. But no, it was only the first book in a series. And I just finished writing Christy and Todd, The Baby Years, number three, which is the 40th book about these characters. Oh, Robin. <laughs> wow. 
40, I never thought there'd be 40 stories about them. But then Sister oh. Chicks was another series that I started on as a result of um, friends being in that midlife season saying, you have such fun stories when you travel, you should write books about your travel adventures. And so I did. I wrote eight Sister Chick books that are based on real travel experiences around the world and the crazy things that happen. So that is just best friends that go on these adventures as sister chicks. Oh, that's that's great, Robin. And and these ended up getting international attention. It, it was a blessing to have you at our um, our women's retreat a couple of years ago. You were our speaker for the weekend, and I, I will not forget those those stories of you taking these stories to young girls who are the same. We're all young girls wherever you go, and they have the same core needs and and these books spoke to them what what was it that they were saying that drew them to your your series even though they're in a completely different culture than american girls what what was that yeah and really it, it it's been the christy miller series that has gone around the world because it's been translated in a number of languages and it just seems to find its way into parts of the world that help never go to but the books are going there and the thing that's amazing is how even though they go into different cultures and women of different ages read the Christy Miller books they all feel like they can relate because the stories are about wanting to be accepted and coming into a community where you can be known and and be welcomed in and, you know, really that's the theme of Finding Father Christmas, taking this main character, Miranda. She's on the search to find her birth father. But just that journey of, I want to know who I am and where I belong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that being the universal message of young women trying to find their identity, trying to find mm-hmm. where they fit in this world. What a beautiful thing that it began with the youth group girls and that and that they had such um, specific valuable feedback for you because they were invested right I mean it makes me think of that old uh, proverb um, that that says necessity is the mother of invention mm. and what made you write in that direction was because your heart was connected directly with these with these young women specifically and that 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 heart connection grew into something that was reproduced over and over and over again and it it it, it speaks it speaks it's universal the message is universal and yes finding father christmas i was so blessed when i read this book um because miranda you you begin with her being alone she, she's alone for a few different reasons. I'll, I'll let you all pick up this book because it's very, very good. But also you've incorporated her traveling to to London, to a tiny little town in London. And you, the way that you describe the coffee shop, the snow, the, you know, the things that she's discovering around her, her going into a different culture than hers. It all is, it's beautiful, but it's foreign, but it's her trying to find her place and the connection to the father. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, that how Father Christmas was connected to her discovery of herself and and her place to connect with the Lord? I had a prayer partner, well, two friends, Cindy and Carrie, 
And Cindy and Carrie and I met together for 16 years when our children were growing up. We prayed every Tuesday, 9 o'clock. We just met to pray for our children and our husbands. Mm -hmm. And it was that set-apart time that it, it it was transformational for our children, for our friendship, for our husbands. All our husbands were in ministry. And interestingly enough, it was out of that sweet, close relationship because Carrie did not know who her birth father was. And we we talked about that over the 16-year friendship and prayed about it. One day uh, during our our prayer time, uh, her phone rang, and it was a woman she'd never met saying, you don't know me, but I'm your half-sister, and our mother would like to meet you. And I watched it unfold for her to discover and have relationship now and be connected with her birth mother. Her birth father had passed away. And I thought, how deep is that longing to know who we are? Again, it's the coming of of age in understanding who we are and uh, where we belong. So... As I was watching this unfold with my friend, I could see how she was so stable to be able to take on this, you know, surprise. Because as a believer, she knew who her Heavenly Father is. And she knows who she is in her relationship with Him. So as I was writing Finding Father Christmas, I had been to England and visited these little villages outside of London and just had that sense of what a fun place to set the book. But to take a woman who is on this search and for her to discover ultimately that the father of Christmas is her heavenly father and she finds her relationship with her heavenly father and and that's what establishes her identity because I saw it in in real life mm-hmm. in my sweet friend so the 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 story has so many different layers to it that when Hallmark picked it up they were able to take what worked for them because they have a certain format and way that they tell stories and they were able to just take the parts out that worked for a very general audience through Hallmark and then what's fun now is those who liked the movie have bought the book and have read the deeper spiritual meaning in the book and are writing to me saying, wow, this really spoke to me and I never thought of God that way as my heavenly father and I want that relationship with him. And Like, great, mission accomplished, that's it. Like the movie just sort of was the, it, it so changed from the book as all movies are, but it it pointed you toward the deeper story in the book. That's pretty cool. Oh, that is very cool. I, that is wonderful, Robin. And what a, what a beautiful thing to get that, that, uh, the feedback from viewers as well. I, I had the uh, privilege of watching the movie again recently. And, and because it, the original Finding Father Christmas came out last year on Hallmark. Now they have it on DVD. So uh, I was able to see it through Amazon Video. Um, and then coming up, uh, or what you said was just released on the 12th, was the second part of that, Engaging Father Christmas. And more exciting things to come is what we're hearing, yes? Yes. Uh, yes. That is so cool. 
keep the storytelling going. I really loved having the opportunity to work with the people that are involved in this. And it, it truly feels like there's the opportunity to just shine the light of Jesus. I, I mean, just to be, just to be salt and light, I guess that's how to say it mm-hmm. so that I get to work with really wonderful people. But the, the, point of view that I come from as a Christian is sort of new and interesting to many of the people that I work with. So that's pretty, that's pretty wonderful too. It, it is. It really is. And that's fascinating because the, the thing, I think the lies that the enemy gives us as, as writers, as communicators is that, well, you, you kind of need to tone down your, your Christianity a little bit because otherwise you won't be marketable to the world at large. <laughs> And that's just not true. It's not true. And it, because the Lord can do a lot with the little and his gospel goes where it will. And it touches the hearts and it cuts to the bone and marrow of of where it needs to get to. And so can you speak a little bit to, to that? Was, was that also a misconception for you? Or has the Lord shown you different things along the journey of presenting the gospel in your stories in this way? I've always felt the freedom to just tell the story, just tell a good story. And if it's true for the characters that they're having a spiritual awakening or uh, a crisis in their lives, then it'll ring true in the story. I don't have to tone anything down or ramp anything up or try to get a message across. If it's, if it's just authentic for that character, it, it will be uh, in sync with the story it'll ring true and and the readers will pause and say hmm i never thought of that before but they they respect the deeper elements i think when it feels like that's that's what that character would be thinking at this point or that's a natural conclusion mm-hmm. and i think the challenge is when there's a sense I see so many writers, especially when they've just started out and they feel like, okay, I want to tell this story, but I have to make sure I add some spiritual emphasis to it. And then it feels added because it wasn't part of woven through the story itself. And that's, that's where it will be most believable. So being involved with the screenwriter who's, taking and adapting the Father Christmas books, I appreciate the more I've gone on this journey with them. What they, what he has to do is take elements in a book that really cannot translate well through film, and he has to change the story in a way that it will fit the what, what he needs to do for the length of the movie and character development and all that so I'm, I'm kind of in awe of how screenwriters do it I don't know if I could ever write a screenplay it's a completely different right. way of telling a story whereas in a book you have a lot more freedom to give description and take a little more time to develop things in a script it's all dialogue and stage direction it goes quickly mm-hmm. so I, I don't feel as if I've been at all thwarted in telling stories either through the film productions. I feel like I've learned how to be humble and learn and understand how there's different ways of telling stories. And then I think it goes back to where I was, I'm just seeing so many 
emails come in from people who've discovered my books as a result of the movies. And in the books, I am able to go much deeper and, and they respond to that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've, I've no complaints about the process. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, that is a fascinating insight. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that because I think it still goes back to the, you know, mothers, as you're watching your children develop these different skills, especially in the area of language and writing and communication, that you're seeing where it could go. You know, the, and the different avenues, as you said, Robin, you know, you are writing novels with storylines and then a screenwriter writes for specifically for film and visual representation. We could go either way, you know, and that's, that's the beauty of, you know, all the options that we have now. So encouraging your child's creativity. Practical Family listeners, we've been speaking with uh, author... Robin Jones Gunn, and again, she's the author of the Sister Chick series, Christy Miller, um, and her new novels, Finding Father Christmas, coupled with Engaging Father Christmas, that was made into a Hallmark movie, and actress Erin Krakow represents the main character in Finding Father Christmas and Engaging Father Christmas. She has also been in the series on TV, Army Wives and When Calls the Heart. So, and as Robin has shared with us, you know, the Hallmark has not gotten such high ratings on one of their Christmas movies since these came out. So that has to be just a complete blessing, the hand of God. And I'm so excited to have shared this um, this with you today. Thank you, Robin, for being on with us. Well, thank you. It's quite an honor to be able to connect with you again. I think this was to be continued conversation. I'm sure we'll have lots more interactions as the years go on. Well, that was Robin Jones Gunn, author of the Christy Miller series, the Sister Chicks books, and Finding Father Christmas which was made into a Hallmark Movies and Mysteries movie last year. And Engaging Father Christmas came out this year and more to come, as we have heard. You can find out more about Robin by clicking on her website link in the show notes. She is also on social media. And she's also written a book called How My Book Became a Movie, which we will offer as a giveaway to you if you comment on this podcast on the podcast page at practicalfamily.org. Click on this episode's link and in the comments, write the answer to this question. What would you do if time and money were no obstacle? What would you do if time and money were no obstacle? Write that in the comments on this podcast page and enter to win a copy of Robin's book, How My Book Became a Movie. You've been listening to the Practical Family Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. And find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. And join us for our next episode where we are talking about different ways to recycle Christmas cards. How to Recycle Christmas Cards is episode 24 of the Practical Family Podcast. Thanks for listening to Practical Family, where we are helping families to build strong foundations and healthy homes.